From Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Vacaville, California. Xenophobia, racial prejudice have always been a great divider among nations. Since ancient times to the present, we tend to distrust the other, those who don't look like us, who don't act like us, who don't sound like us. But of course, this Samaritan, he didn't care about race. He showed us that we help others regardless of where they come from or what they believe in. After all, we're all created equal. There's no one inferior or superior by race. At the end of the day, we all begin to this belong to the same race, the race of humanity. But if we ever, um, have you ever, if I ever wished ill of our enemy, um, admitted or not, we've sort of wanted something to happen to that person who'd done us wrong. Sometimes the temptation is so strong and difficult to release. In this story, the injured traveler most likely um, probably hated the Samaritan. I mean, if he was a Jew coming down from the temple mount up in Jerusalem. And the Samaritan probably knew that the dying man may still hate him after he recovers and yet he helped him. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, I imagine that the first question the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop and help this man, what will happen to me? By the very nature of his concern, the Good Samaritan reversed the question. If I do not stop and help this man, what will happen to him? I want to add another piece here um, to expand our understanding, perhaps. This parable is part of what's called the, the Luke envelope. There's something that's, um, that was added before the parable and a bit after. And... Um, Just then, a lawyer stood up. Now, a lawyer in those times wasn't a lawyer how we see a lawyer. A lawyer was someone who was conversant with the, with the um, Mosaic law, who was conversant with the Torah and the law of the times. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I have a question. Eternal life. What must I do to be good? What must I do to last and exist? What must I do to inherit eternal life, he asks. He said to him, Jesus said, well, what is written in the law? What do you read there? You're a lawyer. You know the law. And so he answered, the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to the lawyer, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, and then the parable again, a man was walking down the road. So, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Who is my neighbor, he asks. Who is that? Is this, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, but who is that? 
Is that me? Is it an extension of me? And then at the end of the parable, after we say, I will pray, repay you whatever you spend, says the, um, you know, says the Samaritan. He says, which of these three, Jesus says to the lawyer, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. How, how is this story, this same story being played out in the world around us now? Who are those um, anonymous ones who are being stripped and beaten and left half dead by the roadside? Just in the news uh, this past week, what's going on with Israel and the Hamas and the Palestinians? What's going on in different parts of the country and the world as, as um, fighting and, and upset escalates in Afghanistan and other places? Who are the robbers? And what are they taking from their victims? Who are the religious people? I think, of course, the Taliban. And those places of power and authority who come upon the victims, see them, and pass by on the other side. And who are the Sumerians? The outsiders, these aliens who are considered uncouth and uncivilized and undependable. Those who stop and look and help, who love their neighbor as themselves. What do you know about these people being moved with pity and ministering to the victim on the road? And finally, and maybe most importantly, how is this story your own story? Yes, of course, how you treat others in the world. What do you know about it on your commute, if you've been commuting, to work or to play, when you're walking down the road, when you're staying home, when you're Zooming with people you don't even know, Zooming, isn't that a, it's a new verb now, Zooming with people you don't even know, or talking with friends, acquaintances, family, in this, in this particular way that we're connecting this morning. What do you know driving in your neighborhood, walking the dog, buying groceries, shopping at Costco? And what do you know about this story as an inner drama? Who are your inner robbers who strip and beat you and rob that part of you that's walking down the road? How do you maybe assault and wound yourself? What do you steal from yourself, your own inner self? Do you honor that? Are you seeing on a day-to-day -day basis who you really are? We've had such an opportunity um, in this year to really pay attention, to be alert, to know who we are. What do you know about that religious one within you, that one with authority, that righteous one, your inner priest, a virtuous one who recognizes that beat, that beat up part of you but just passes by. No, I've got to get on with things. What about that part of you? 
or that upright, um, honorable, highly esteemed part of you who likewise sees but walks on by like the Levite. And what do you know about, about the Samaritan part of you? The one who sees and is moved by pity and stops to bandage the wounds and anoint with oil and wine. That hidden part of you that's discounted, that you don't want to deal with, that you don't want to bring out to the light for fear of what it looks like. Remember what Jesus said. You bring out that part of you, but what's, what is hidden will destroy you. Wow. How vulnerable are, am I, are you willing to be? What is this um, cost or promise of bringing that Samaritan part of you, the one that is moved by pity, to bring it out of the shadows of yourself? And what's the cost and promise of keeping that part of you um, at a distance while the religious and virtuous and righteous part of you ignores and tries to forget that half-dead part of you that cannot be forgotten? Those of us here today are lucky because we have tools and practices. We have community to assist us in navigating these tricky parts of ourselves. And of course, everybody's been saying this has been a year like no other, an unprecedented year, a blank, you know, what, what the blank blank just happened. And the hope is, of course, that you and I and all of us have been paying attention, learning more about ourselves, about each other, about the world. Such an interesting situation where we're mostly home and we see things that are going out in the world that, um, that disgust us that horrify us. And yet, what are we willing to do? What can we do from the safety of our own homes? What an interesting dichotomy, a different, uh, interesting issue we've been dealing with this year. And then all of a sudden we're told, it's okay now you've been vaccinated, go back, go back into um, what you've been doing. Well, I don't wanna be the same person I was before. I wanna call on that part of me that's richer and more compassionate, that might be moved by pity to do something even greater and more. Knowing and loving the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself in new and interesting ways. I mean, what's better than that? How can you? How will you, as Jesus suggests, go and do likewise? I've been uh, looking, reading uh, some about Carl Jung lately, and um, I wanted to end by sharing this um, challenging thing that he said and wrote. God is the name by which I designate all things which cross my willful path violently and recklessly, all things that upset my subjective point of view, my plans and intentions, and change the course of my life for better or worse. Again, God is the name by which I designate all things which cross my willful path violently and recklessly, all things that upset 
my subjective view, my plans and intentions and change the course of my life for better or worse. We need to include it all, right? It's not all roses and laughter and la, 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 la. We know that. That's part of it. But it's everything. How do we include everything? How do we, as Jesus suggests, go and do likewise? To love ourselves, to love God, to love our neighbor. How do we go and do likewise? Thank you. Namaste and shalom. Thank you for listening to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. Our services are every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. You can support our podcast by making a donation at www.unityvacaville.org. Just be.